When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again, and this is episode 12 of The Road's Not Taken, a weekly series where we go through the previous week's events and cover underreported, unreported news or news that is going to be context for later events, and then we take a few of your questions at the end. Um, And we will start off with uh, foreign policy the way we normally do. Okay, so there was a whole lot of back and forth about what happened at a Kerch shipyard. And Russian officials have finally confirmed and admitted that Ukrainian forces hit a ship and the shipyard um, and damaged both, the extent of which I really haven't been able to, um, to figure out yet. But initially, the Russian story was that, you know, some debris fell. It wasn't that big of a deal. And given the fact that they finally had to admit it, it certainly seems as though it's probably something too big to hide. Okay, the United States is developing some new add-ons to its nuclear arsenal because, you know, that's needed. Um... And the add-ons would allow for ground penetration and better accuracy. Because what the world needs now is bunker buster nukes, I guess. Um, There are marches calling for a ceasefire everywhere. Um, Berlin, Paris, D.C., New York. um, uh, And this is in reference to the conflict in the Middle East. I will say, don't expect U.S. officials to use the term ceasefire anytime soon. It looks like they are testing the term pause, and that will probably be be paired with humanitarian. So they will seek a humanitarian pause rather than a ceasefire. Uh, For those in the street, one is just as good as the other. One is just as good as the other right now. Um, There is... There's a little bit of apprehension about the term ceasefire in and of itself. Um, Basically, the United States doesn't want to dictate policy to Israel. So, when you're talking about a ceasefire, well, that's about the conflict. A humanitarian pause, well, well, that's just being good people. At the end of the day, the shooting stops. Um, so that that's probably the terminology you're going to hear as they move towards it. Okay, stock image companies have reportedly been using AI to generate images of the fighting in the Mideast. If you're not familiar with stock image companies, these are companies that sell photos. Some of their big clients 
are news outlets. Um, those images were reportedly bought by news outlets all over the world, and it is unclear at this time whether or not the news outlets were aware that the images they were showing were not real. Okay, moving on to the U.S. side of things. And we'll start with this because I don't want to forget to plug it. Over on the Valley Labor Report here on YouTube, there will be a 32-hour live stream. And it starts on Friday, November 10th at uh, 9.30 a.m. Central. It is to benefit two unions, one in Memphis and one, I think, in Florida. Um, and from what I understand, they're getting quite the lineup of people to be involved in that. Okay. Ken Buck has announced that he will not run for re-election and has started openly bad-mouthing other Republicans. Um, there is now an expectation that he is going to be a thorn in the side of the GOP until he leaves office. What is really worth noting here is that Buck's part of the Freedom Caucus. He He's not a moderate Republican. He never cast himself as a moderate Republican. He is hard right. And his issue is apparently he, the lying to the voters about the election. That's, that's where the animosity seems to be coming from. And I think there is a real issue, as far as he's concerned, with the fact that the Republican Party never backed away from it. And they just continue repeating the lie that has been shown to be a lie. Um, Ivanka Trump tried to get out of testifying in the New York case with a last-ditch effort, saying that she needed to stay home and take care of the kids that day. That uh, rationale <clears throat> did not appear to uh, fly with the judge. Biden is losing ground quickly with various demographics over his handling of the Mideast. Um, now that Iran has signaled that it is uninterested in expanding the conflict, he has the opportunity to make it up. Let's see if he does. Um, both Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk had, I guess you could call them predictions, that soured both indicated their belief that uh, Sam Bakeman fried would walk because he was a Democratic donor. Uh, Tucker actually made his prediction about a year ago. Uh, not just was there an investigation. Um, yeah, he, he was indicted and he was convicted. He is currently looking at a statutory maximum of more than 100 years. But just to remind everybody... When you're talking about the federal system, nobody gets the statutory maximum. That's not how it works. There's a, a chart that they go off of. I have not worked out the chart myself, but I've seen reporting that says his guidelines put him around 20 years. Okay, moving on to cultural news. The Beatles uh, 
are releasing a song with an AI John Lennon, I guess. Um, I'm sure that's not a sign of just horrible things to come. You know, I, I haven't heard it yet. I, I don't even know much about the process they used. And given the fact that it is the Beatles doing it, maybe, um, maybe it's okay in this instance. But it does show that that technology is there. And I can't wait to see just totally tasteless duets with historical figures or, you know, cultural icons singing jingles for cereal or something. I just feel like that's going to be not good. In environmental news, a drought is causing issues with the Panama Canal to the point they're uh, now cutting the amount of ships that can go through each day. So expect supply chain disruptions. That's going to come back. In more news about extreme weather increases, researchers are saying they expect the amount of straight line winds, which is not something we experience here in Florida. So I had to look up what it is. It's uh, basically powerful downdrafts that uh, come off of thunderstorms. And they're expecting those to substantially increase. Apparently, these things create gusts of wind into the uh, 60 to 80 mile an hour range. That's, I mean, that's low end hurricanes. That's, and, and apparently it just comes out of nowhere. Um, they're expecting them, I think uh, the report I read said uh, a 500% increase, I think. They're, they're expecting a lot more. Let's leave it at that. Um, fact check the the increase, but it, it was it was substantial. Okay, in oddities, there is a company out of Colorado that has finished work on the first Dream Chaser spacecraft. It's named Tenacity. It will now be shipped to NASA for environmental testing. The reason I think it's odd is uh, the program was publicly announced in 2004. Let's take a look at the, the, the spacecraft, the shuttle, I guess, and compare it to the G.I. Joe space shuttle that was released in 1987. I am firmly of the belief that somebody with a clearance gave G.I. Joe just all kind of information back in the 80s that probably shouldn't have had access to. Um, okay, so moving on to the Q&A. I'm a small YouTube creator. I feel my growth is limited due to being an older millennial. I see a lot of younger millennial and Gen Z creators make what I feel is a big mistake of trying to make hard groups, first with conservatives and then in lefty groups. How do I communicate that these creators may be misguided due to not having the life experience of having to work or be around people they can't dismiss like a block button on social media 
without sounding like you kids will understand when you get older. Um, you can't. You can't, not really. The, the other thing to remember is that sometimes it is the messenger. Um, the, the relatability there when you are talking about younger creators reaching a younger audience, the attitude that leads them to create those hard groups and, and engage in a lot of purity testing of their audience and stuff like that, that's a, a piece of the, of that generation. So it's something their audience may actually like. I always try to think of everybody as an increment of time Uh, and how they view the world is based on the time they grew up in there are some things that you know you're not going to change about an older person because of how they grew up there are some things that yeah Younger generations will make mistakes the same way we did. (laughs) Um, I I don't know that there is a way to provide the type of advice you want to provide without appearing as if you're wearing a bathrobe standing in your yard telling the kids to get off of it. It's They're going to approach it their way and it will resonate with their audience or it won't. I don't know that there's I don't know that there's really a way you can phrase that. Okay. <clears throat> Why does this conflict cause such a reaction? And there's other conflict. Okay. So why does the US care so much about what's going on in the Middle East? Uh, demographics mostly. Demographics. You have normal demographics, like what you think of when you say demographics, that have ties. I mean, obviously, Jewish Americans are vested in this one way or another. Same with Arab Americans. And then you have groups that you wouldn't think about, um, like Irish Americans. Irish Americans are pretty vested in this because Ireland has uh, has had a pretty let's just say uh, strong stance on the situation and that it's carried over so you have large demographics that want to know what's going on and want to see the coverage the networks oblige so people see it and and they have a reaction to it um and then you have ideological groups as well that that use this almost as a litmus test realistically if any conflict was covered the way this one gets covered it, it would elicit a reaction it's just this is one 
that gets the coverage because there's a built-in audience. So then people that aren't part of that built-in audience, they see it and they have a reaction. A lot of other hotspots, there isn't a large population here for news networks to cater to. Every person who understands international affairs that I have asked says we don't have any leverage over Israel. What about the aid? I'm going to need the break it down into crayons version because they have all started rambling about domestic versus foreign policy. Okay. Um, what they're probably saying is that the aid is about domestic politics not about foreign policy, and they're right. Um, okay, so Israel <clears throat> does not need that aid. Israel does not need that aid. Not, not the way Ukraine needs it. it it's not the same. I, I'm... You know, when I do the questions, I'm doing them without preparation. When I read them, is the first time I see them. So fact check these numbers, but they'll be close. Um, I want to say in an average year, it's three, 3.5 billion, 3.8 billion, somewhere in there. Okay, it's it's a few billion dollars. If you were to take that off of Israel's stated defense budget. And it's worth noting, Israel does not necessarily tell the truth about how much they spend on defense. They tend to, let's just say, underestimate what they spend on defense because they don't want their opposition to know what they spend. Um, the U.S. is one of those, is kind of rare in that regard, where we're like, yeah, this is what we spend. And, and it's the real number. Um, but even if you take the published number, which is undoubtedly lower than the real number, that three or four billion dollars, 12 to 15 percent, it's not something that that would stop the Israeli military from functioning if they didn't get it. They want it, but they don't need it. And since they don't need it, it doesn't create leverage not in any significant amount. Um, I think a better way to uh, look at it is not on dollar amounts, but on percentages, like percentage of the GDP. I want to say the United States is roughly 3.2% is spent on defense. Israel is north of 5% of their GDP. And you could say, well, that's just an, you know the, the economy and scale type of thing. So do it a different way. Do it per capita. I think Israel is coming in right at 2,800, 2,700. The U.S. is around 2,400. We are a country that says stuff like, you're about to find out why we don't have health care because we spend all of our money on defense. Proportionately, Israel spends more. They don't need it. 
want it but don't need it. So there's, there's no leverage. The aid is really about domestic politics. It's about signaling support to a longtime ally here. That's, that's really what, what it's about. Now, the, the large bulk aid that occurs every once in a while, there's some leverage there, but probably not enough to, to say you have to change your military plans and alter what your government, right or wrong, has determined is best for your national security. It's probably not enough to do that. Um, there is leverage, but it's nowhere near as much as people think. It's certainly not enough to say you can't do this ground offensive. It's not there for that. Um, it's something that would make them listen a little bit and at least entertain the opinions but it's not enough to say that they would agree with them because they don't actually need it. They want it. And, and there's a difference when you are talking about whether or not something creates leverage. Okay. Did you really? <laughs> no, I said that wrong. Okay. Did you really not know who Hunter S. Thompson was? You wear his shirts. <laughs> yeah. So in a recent video, I think on this channel, uh, I, I was talking about how my daughter dressed up as Hunter S. Thompson, and uh, I, I was actually talking about her friends, not necessarily knowing who he was, but the way I said it, it definitely came out like I didn't know who he was. Now, I, I've read pretty much everything he's ever written, um, but it, it definitely did not come out that way. I'm glad... When I do that and misspeak to that degree, I, I'm glad it's about Hunter S. Thompson or Bumblebees or something, and it's never something that is just drastically alters what I'm saying to the point where it, it's it's a problem. But no, I, I am aware of who Hunter S. Thompson is. Um, okay. You need to do a road's not taken at the end of each day. <laughs> I mean, I, I put out four videos a day, seven days a week. And then that's just on the main channel. And then two additional videos a week on this channel while working on the book while doing the other stuff, while trying to film the long-term projects, and this is why it's taken two years to get a gardening video done, um, I don't know that I have time to to do a recap each day. Um, okay, you need to do roads not taken at the end of each day. It's just such a wide range of topics that you cover I want to see what gets left on the cutting room floor from this because there's stuff left over from this. Yeah, there is. You're right. Um, I know you already post every day, but you could get an assistant to do a recap of what didn't get covered each day. 
I mean, well, I mean, you at least have a solution to like my immediate reaction. Um, I, I don't know. I, I will, I will think about that. <laughs> but uh, I will say it does not seem likely at this point in time. <laughs> uh, okay, so that looks like it. That looks like uh, all the questions that made it over to here. Um, and uh, looks like we ran through everything. That seemed like a short one. Okay, so that provides a little bit of context, a little bit of uh, information, and having the right information will make all the difference. Y'all have a good night.